Hi, and welcome to Mountain Talk on WMMT. I'm your host for the first half of our show today, Parker Hobson. Coming up this hour, we have stories from the flood and then the long, slow process of what comes after. Our first stop today is a trip to the Letcher County Farmer's Market in Whitesburg. Stay tuned. Here in East Kentucky, healthy food can be hard to come by. For one, it's often more expensive, but also, it's not always easily accessible. But in Letcher County, the farmer's market, for years now, has tried to help fill in those gaps. Among their many outreach programs, they do things like doubling the buying power of SNAP recipients. And they've also come up with creative ideas, like the pharmacy program, and that's pharmacy with an F, where doctors can prescribe free money at the market for people with certain health issues, like type 2 diabetes. Over the years, the market has become an institution in Letcher County and a weekly connection to healthy, locally grown food for many people in the area who might not otherwise have access to it. But the flood, of course, changed everything. The majority of the market's growers had crop damage, with many taking heavy losses and the market took a week off to regroup. But then they got some wild news. A huge supply of produce was being donated to the market to be given out for free to anyone who wanted some. The nonprofit Lee Initiative was behind this idea, and in all, they worked with farmers all around the region who donated enough produce to stock free farmers markets in four different mountain counties for four weeks apiece. Saturday, August 20th, was the first day of free produce at the Letcher County Market. And coming up, we have an audio postcard from that day, including the voices of organizers and customers alike. And because healthy eating, even after a crisis, is such a huge part of managing blood sugar, this piece also comes to you as part of WMMT's ongoing series, Prevent Diabetes EKY. The first voice you'll hear is that of Valerie Horn, one of the organizers of the market, who was out greeting cars in the parking lot. Hello, have you been to the market? You can park below and get $25 to spend for free. So the market was going really well. We'd had the, of course, COVID in 2020. 2021 was still a rebuilding. This year we were on on target and our sales were growing. We had some new programs for the market and um, and then this happened, the flood of 2022. So about half of our farmers were badly hurt. Another quarter had partial loss and a quarter had no loss. Our market made the tough decision though that we would not be selling produce from the flood impacted areas. That was hard to share with our farmers and, um, and, and some produce we know was good. We just did not have the capacity to guarantee that to the, to the public. So we were not sure how our market was going to continue and we've had friends step up with the Lee Initiative that have offered to fund a free farmer's market for the next four weeks. And that will allow our patients and people who rely on those weekly weekly meals and weekly fruits and veggies from the market to be served, to get what they need. Today, uh, we started actually the market with maybe 100 people in line at 7 a.m. this morning. So this this produce and this burst of fresh food matters to so many in our community and then to get stuff at the market i got three and a water is that enough we'll make it there were tears shed this morning that, that we were all glad to be standing back together and and going about this what's come to be a routine in our community for a lot of people for six, seven years. And like I say, there are people who depend on this just like people depend on paydays. 
so we want to be here and, and offer the best that we can to them. Lois Thompson. Did you find stuff today that was helpful? Oh, man. I got beans galore. I've got watermelons. I got apples. I got cucumbers. Some other stuff. How is your home? Thank the Lord as well as it is. I really do because the only thing I got was mud, mud damage. And just that huge. just came to my porch. And the rest of it ran up under my house. So, but other than that, we're still standing. By the grace of God, we're still standing. So, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Through it all, I'm blessed. And I won't complain. I won't complain. I've never heard you complain. I won't complain. And you are amazing. I don't know about all that. You're beautiful and amazing. I just thank God it is what it is. <laughs> I do. And uh, I'm thankful for you all. I am so thankful for you all and the pharmacy program because it comes in quite handy and it helps a lot. There are things that I can't go in the store and buy because, I mean, I can buy but not as much as I want because of my income. But when I come here, then I can get what I need. And I'm thankful. Are you getting enough support at Mac Roberts? They are working. My neighbors that are down below me that got hit the worst, they're working. I saw them working today, and they're moving mud. And so a man is supposed to come to my house tomorrow to see what he can do about getting the mud out of my yard. So, yeah, we're getting the help. All right. You take care, and thank you for your time. Thank you, Ms. Bell. My name is Angela Maggard. I currently live here in Letcher County uh, in Craft uh, Collie, and I'm originally from Knott County. We were very fortunate. I worked for Mennonite Central Committee and they had a house and we're staying in that house up in Craft Collie. Our house is in Sandlick, our original house. So the land around it was completely destroyed um, and we lost lots of produce because we were doing some at-home gardening and we lost everything uh, as far as that goes and there's molding and stuff like that that's growing in the inside of the house. We we had some canned goods that we had gotten from the food pantry the previous week. So that's kind of what we were eating for a couple of days because we were trapped. We couldn't get out. We had a mudslide that covered our driveway and it, our road collapsed to get anywhere. So we just ate canned goods and uh, things that didn't require cooking because we didn't have electricity or water or anything like that. They're doing this program where there's free food today. Is that something you've taken advantage of? Oh, most definitely. Because the electricity went off, we lost like hundreds of dollars of food that we had. And the produce went bad that we had tried to take care of. And we're hoping to be able to, you know, make our own items at home with tomatoes and such. And they rot it now because of all the water and stuff that got up in there. So, uh, yeah, this is very helpful. Uh, if you had caught me a few minutes ago, I was standing in line crying because we're very thankful. It means a lot that people will think enough to donate things to you to help your family. We have a family of five, so it's very helpful. I'm pre-diabetic, uh, and diabetes does run in my family, high blood pressure and some other things. And um, I studied nutrition in college, so I kind of know the things you're supposed to eat. Uh, a lot of processed food is not good for you. Uh, and that's kind of what they throw at you in a disaster. So it's very, very, I don't know, heartwarming to know that you can get fresh produce. 
I, I really appreciate them having this here because before it was kind of like you're kind of in survival mode so you're not really even you're 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 just trying to make sure everyone's okay and you're not really thinking about yourself and I found my sugar to be dropping and different things and I'm trying to grasp at things that are healthy to eat produce and that kind of thing helps to keep your levels where they need to be so that you can be the best for your family and those that might need you. It's kind of touch and go. Like right now we're okay. Um, but in the future, I mean, it's so hard to get enough money to buy what you need to buy. Um, and I have a job, I have a part-time job. Um, and it pays fairly decent, but I know what's available in the area. And sometimes it's hard to get what you need to eat and be able to afford it. Because the price is usually so high that if you're on a fixed income, you cannot afford to buy healthy, even if it is there. We also uh, went to our food pantry, which now is destroyed uh, by the flood. And they were able to give us like protein, like fish and that kind of catfish and we would put it in our freezer, but all of those items got destroyed. Um, so it's like starting over from ground, at ground zero, almost. And we're thankful to have Kane Kitchen too because they use local produce to prepare meals. So when we were able to get out, we were so, so thankful that they had hot meals that were good for you. Was there anything that you wish kind of more people knew about what was going on? I don't know. I, I think if, if they knew how much that neighbors are helping each other. And I don't know if you see the behind the scenes, the, the children helping their, their parents. Like I have my daughter that volunteered many hours to help others, even when we didn't have the things that we needed. And just know that we're fighting and we're resilient. And uh, we don't want hand-me-downs. We want a way to survive the long term. So anybody that's willing to help with that, that that's greatly appreciated. I'm Louise Murtaugh. I at the, currently, I work for the City of Whitesburg Farmers Market. I help manage the market. This summer has been a wonderful summer up until July 28th. Prior to that, we had the freshest, best local produce that you ever laid eyes on and was a delight to have to eat. However, July 28th changed that for everybody. There's four markets that were designated to get free produce from Lee Initiative and, I can't remember the other one, World... Central Kitchen and something like that. Wonderful folks, all of them. They've been in contact with us, and we had to figure out how to provide that free produce and honor our other incentive programs. So we think we have it worked out. So far, I think we've got close to 100 people that usually do not come to the market at all, have come here, have loaded up, but they're coming with stories that I hear a lot and that we've all heard a lot. I'm flooded. My grandmother doesn't have any food. I'm going to share this with my family. My neighbors don't have any. I'm going to take to them. You know, some people are like, cucumbers. Oh, my gosh. And it's just like, they're happy all of a sudden. But we've had some tears at this market, too. Because the farmer's market is not just where you get food. It's also a community. And it's a community that cares about each other. In this time, people are seeing a lack of what they could have in their homes if they even have a home. And what they are receiving are sometimes canned vegetables, which are okay in their... I've got canned stuff at home. But sometimes... You need something really nutritious, not just for your body, but for your soul. You can't live on hot dogs. I know some people who have tried. <laughs> but something nutritious and something that just says comfort, I think, helps more than anything.
had you been staying in a tent some of the time? We stayed in there a couple nights. We took a tent down, it didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, but you've got a camper now. Yeah. I'm Bob Smith. We live right here in Whitesburg. Used to have a double white here in Whitesburg, but it got destroyed in the flood. We actually had to get rescued by boat. Uh, Dr. Byron Thomas and Jamie Hatton and Jordan Kaiser, they all came over and got us out by boat and they told us if it had been 15 to 30 more minutes, they couldn't have gotten to us because the water was going up that fast. I got up at six o'clock and looked out at the river and it was up to the top of the bank, which is normal, no big deal. I got a shower, came back out about 30 minutes. It was in my backyard at my back steps. Never happened before. So I told my wife, she may want to get up and get a shower case electricity goes off. I never thought of getting any higher than that. Before she even got out of the shower, it was coming up through our ductwork. And once it did that, it just didn't stop. It started coming in the doors and the windows. That's why so many people got stranded. We're, we're not stupid people that don't know how to get out of a flood, but it just happened so quickly. I mean, people had to get rescued off of roofs and like by boat and jet skis and kayaks and everything. We were on the porch waiting to be rescued because I didn't know if anybody was coming. Phones were out. Most people's internet was out. The only way we got rescued was I had AT&T and before I shut my circuit breaker off, I made a post on Facebook that, that we need to get rescued. I can't get Debbie out. She's in a wheelchair and she can walk on a walker, but you know, she was in a wheelchair because all that current and we just sit on the front porch just kind of waiting for help. And uh, you know, she was in the cold water up to her chest in her wheelchair you know for probably a couple hours you know waiting sometimes she would like start to float up i'd push her wheelchair back down they put a blanket on her once they got her out of the boat you know. like i said she's cold natured anyway she sits in the house if she's in the lift recliner she'll have like electric blanket over her, so she likes to be warm FEMA lady came to look at my double wide. She saw where the flood line was on it, the water line, and she asked us, how did we get out? Because it was over her head. I said, well, we got out just a little bit before it got that high or we wouldn't have. And the doctor, he wasn't our doctor, but he knew my wife had health conditions, diabetes being one of those, and he told him to take her straight to the hospital. And we were there for two weeks during all that flood in the hospital here at Whitesburg ARH and you know had the best treatment ever i mean that third floor them nurses and cnas couldn't ask for any better and dr breeding uh, gave her pretty much everything that she needed to put her back on the you know road for good health but we're okay you know we all got out alive and got all of our cats out we didn't get them all out right then but we got them all out pretty pretty much then my daughter's boyfriend rick handed me the one cat which was pretty mild tame so she was fine going all the way across. And then he got the Siamese cat, which we call devil cat. So you could imagine what happened to him. He got clawed a little bit. Um, so we got both of them. So wonder that one didn't jump out into the water. And then the other one went up on the kitchen cabinets all at the main top and stayed there. So once the water went down, I think they were able to go over and, and get her out. They almost couldn't find her because she was like up in there and got stuck like she was trying to get out somewhere. Oh, I'm diabetic. Yeah, I'm past, I'm past the pre. But it stays, um, it stays kind of in normal range. I lost my glucose monitors and all my strips and all that in the flood, but you know, we got all that back and I checked it the other day and it was in the normal range. My daughter was the one that told me they had free produce today, and I, I, you know, I know all about the farmer's market. Um, so I came up here and got some tokens and went through there and got me some green peppers and some cucumbers, because like I said, I can put those in the refrigerator now. Um, in the hospital, you know, we didn't have a refrigerator where my wife was staying. They would have put them in for me out you know, at their desk. They had a refrigerator, they would have done that, but you don't feel right taking all your groceries up there and seeing if they'll stick it in the refrigerator. You know, but uh, I think this is great, you know, because we can go other places and get cans of Beanie Weenies and Chef RD, you know, they're, they're offering that in different places, you know, and 
sometimes we have to do that too, you know, especially the ones that may not have a stove or a microwave. You know, but the farmer market, ever since it started, you know, Valerie Horn and whoever else is all responsible for it, they've done an awesome job, especially the organization, not just the amount of produce and tents and, you know, vendors, you know, but just just how nice everything is. They didn't hardly miss a beat. They might have missed a week or something, you know. Yeah. Can't stop Valerie. She just heads to higher ground. Louise Murtaugh over there and Valerie over here gave them big hugs and a lot of the other people you know getting the produce I knew them and a lot of them knew what happened to you know our home and had to get rescued by boat and so a lot of them you know giving telling us that they're sorry and I just tell them we'll be okay Lord to take care of us he's the one that he's the one that helped rescue us from the flood I, I told everybody I said I was not worried one second standing on that porch watching the water go up I didn't, I didn't have any doubt that we weren't going to be rescued. I just didn't. I, I didn't know a boat was coming. There was no communication with the phones because they were out. I just, like I said, I just wasn't a bit afraid. What happens, happens. Um, but we have a really nice place that a friend is letting us stay at, and we kind of knew that while we were in the hospital, so that took a big load off of us, you know, because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go back in my double wide because as much as it would cost to fix it, it's just not cost efficient for me to do that. So I'm probably gonna get a single wide and put back in its place. I'm just afraid we're gonna have people that isn't gonna be able to get back what they had. Cause some, a lot of people, they were living in their home place, which was their parents, maybe their grandparents, and just keeping it fixed up enough to live in and stuff like that. And when that's destroyed, you know, it's hard enough for people, you know, with good income since nobody really had flood insurance. You know, I did. I had flood insurance, but I'm, I think CNN said there's only 1% that had flood insurance. You did, so is your stuff, are they giving you what it's worth? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think anybody comes out, not very many people are going to come out even or ahead, but it's better than zero. At least that keeps me from having to borrow so much. Which I, I love where I'm at because I, I like seeing people on the walking track and go by, you know, I, I'm just that way. So I'm going to go back where I was. Yeah. But it can happen again. We know that now. It probably won't. The odds, it can. We see that. You can get food up here. I need a, I need a bag. I believe Oh, gotcha. Nikki, you need a vehicle as big as your heart. Okay. That's what we do. Today was hopeful. It's the kind of reminder that you need as to, to why you do do this work. And um, it feels good to see familiar faces. It feels good to be, to be touched and spoken to. I love to bomb. Are you up on the up on the hill? Oh, we're up on the hill. Wish you were with we're us. We're all looking for a hill now. I know. <laughs> yeah, how and I think the biggest the biggest inspiration was the community showing up. That they are not forgetting that they are still here, and they need this availability, and and need this to be here for us. So. We're not going to lose this ground. We're not going to lose this momentum. We will, we will hold our space, and we will, we will continue to be a market that serves community until the community doesn't need that anymore. I think my overall message about what I wish people knew about Eastern Kentucky, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my, my mother's Carol Ison was a community worker for almost 80 years of life. She wrote a book that she finished maybe just days before she passed away. And the name of the book is Red Buds Aren't Red, which it's a big story of her life and the way people pulled together and worked together just like we're doing right now. But the reason she chose that title is Red Boys are beautiful, but they're really not red. 
and there are so many things that are portrayed and just accepted and as standard about people in eastern Kentucky and Appalachia that are not accurate. The people here matter and the people here are want the same things they do every place else and there have been a lot of barriers and obstacles that have been hard to overcome here that contribute to our poor health and to our unemployment issues and etc and even made this flood harder and worse here than it would be in some other places because of decades of environmental issues and infrastructure issues and so it just sort of all came to a head on July 28th and some people are just probably not going to recover. So what I know or what, what the message and what that means is and I know that there are places like that all over the country so apply that same principle wherever you are connected and see see that you can step in and help and don't take the easy way to be judgmental and say they deserve it they brought it on themselves and give yourself a pass to not care and to not help and not to support initiatives that do help in this area. You've been hearing voices and sounds from the Letcher County Farmer's Market, recorded back on August 20th. In all, Valerie said some 250 people got either free or subsidized produce that day. The market is now done for the season, but if you're in Whitesburg, the nonprofit Kane Kitchen downtown is still connecting local people with healthy food. You can find out more by searching Kane Kitchen on Facebook. And you can hear more stories of preventing and managing prediabetes and type 2 diabetes at our project website, preventdiabeteseky.org. And that's it for the first half of our show. Music in this half came from Glenn Jones, Mark Fossen, and James Blackshaw, all from the Free Music Archive. And by John McCutcheon from the June Apple Records release, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Stay tuned after the break for more Mountain Talk. For WMMT, I'm Parker Hobson. Myers with WMMT, and for today's Mountain Talk, I'm bringing you another story from the flood. Dean and Melissa McBee live in Millstone, and this is their story. Did y'all see a brown and white dog? tough because we're, cause we're living in the camper but but we're making it though yes did you have the camper before no my brother brought this from South Carolina to me yeah wow. yeah so we've been we have been here what almost a month it's been yes almost a month yeah. so could Tell me about, and sorry, I'm going to ask this closer because of this microphone. Um, do you mind telling me about just like life in the camper? Life in a camper. It's very hard. Uh, you go from a regular bedroom to a smaller space. You only have a bed. <laughs> no space for clothes. Uh, oh, your kitchen, your living room is all together. So it's 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 hard when you're used to living in a house that's much much bigger. It's I think it's very bad. It is. It's tight. It's tight quarters. I'm used to um, 
getting up in the morning and sitting in my lounge chair for a while. But you notice we don't have a lounge chair no more. <laughs> but but it's I'm not homeless, so I do have a place to lay down. So it's you know at least it's warm and dry, I guess. It's warm and dry. Uh, we do have air conditioner. Uh, we have a shower with hot water. So you know there are people living in tents. Uh, we are better than most. And we're fortunate that his brother had this for us to use. So, you know, we're happy about that. I mean. My sister let me, um, we went and talked to the water company. She's having her house torn down. And they let me um, switch her meter over to, to my side so we could have water because they're tearing that house down. I was on a well, well water, so it was, it's, it's ruined now, the well is. The well is? Yes, the well water's ruined. So, are you, what, what's going on with your house? Are you planning to fix it back up? Yes, yes, I am. Because I couldn't find a trailer in my budget. If I could have found a trailer in my budget, I would have torn this house down because it's over, it's over 100 years old. So. Could you tell me a little of the history of this, this house? This house was my, was my mamaw's house. There was other people lived here, but I didn't, I didn't know them. Cause the, my, my mamaw was the only ones that, that lived here. And I was raised beside the, beside the mamaw's house. And uh, these houses, like I said, over a hundred years old. They are cold camp houses. We torn the plaster and the lattice out a couple of days ago and we come out looking like a sut everywhere. We was bad. So so these houses is old. Yes. But I took I took um, a pressure washer and I washed all the sut out of it and took vinegar and it killed the mold. And I've got some much more stuff. It's called shock that my neighbor gave me, supposed to help it too. So the smell is about gone out of it. But I still got a lot of work due to my house. My life before this flood was, um, I enjoyed uh, <clears throat> going fishing. I lost my bass boat. It's in a log jam, so I can't fish no more. I mean, I can go bank fishing. Uh, I still love bank fishing, but I love bass fishing on the boat. I can't do that no more. And, uh, It's difficult. Uh, before, like right now, uh, where we're working on the house, it's nasty, and uh, we have a granddaughter that's three years old. Uh, we babysat her before this, so now we're not able to babysit her and not see her as much. So it's that's very hard uh, because she can't be in this environment right now, and we're taking all of our time to work on the house. Uh, it's a slow process. Uh, we're having to, like you said, we gutted the house out. Uh, so there's only boards there. I mean, it's it's real difficult because I've raised my kids there for 24 years. And uh, like I told other people, when before the flood, it was a home. Now it's just a house. Uh, but we plan on making it a home again. Yes. And hopefully much better than it was before. Uh, but it's very difficult saying in 30 minutes time, you lose everything. You know, we didn't lose no lives. People did lose lives in this flood, and we were very fortunate that we didn't, but we lost everything else. For me, it was different because around three o'clock, earlier before that, we had been getting the flash flood warnings on our phones, but it had never flooded here in, in our place. So you kind of ignore it a little bit, you know, okay, the water's getting high in places, like it always does. Uh, so we didn't think nothing about it. Then the power went off. And then my daughter called, needing a flashlight, because the water where she lives at Seco was getting high, so she couldn't see it. So he left to go and give her a flashlight. So when he left, I just laid in bed, didn't think nothing about it. And then my nephew next door comes and says, I need to move your car. The water's, you know, 
they still didn't think nothing major. And then all of a sudden, in less than what, 15, 20 minutes, the water was already above my waist and we couldn't go no further. We had to get in the house and go upstairs. That's where me and my sister-in-law and six dogs, <laughs> yeah, six dogs, uh, we went upstairs and for 12, 13 hours, I didn't know if he was safe. I didn't know if my children were safe. He didn't know if we were safe. So, and no phone service. We didn't have no phone service. She had a little bit of service to call people, her family in South Carolina to try to get us help. We tried 911, couldn't get through 911 at all. We were actually out at my house. We were out the window hollering at people. Up hey, the, on the porch, on the porch. We could see the water. I mean, if we wanted to, we could have went on the porch and dangled our feet. The water was that high at my house. And uh, just sitting there and watching it continue to rain and the water rise. And then when the water got so high, our furniture and our refrigerator and stuff was moving downstairs. And we could hear that banging. And our thought was, oh, Lord, the cars is going to move and it's going to bump into the house and we're going to go down the river. You know, we're gone. And it was into the last few hours, it really got scary. Uh, like I said, we didn't know if we was going to make it. We even thought about jumping out the window and jumping in the water and trying to swim. But the currents were too, you know, we would have definitely not made it then. But we decided to stay, and after about 13 hours, uh, we did see the rain quit, and the water receded enough that we actually came out on the right side of our house, the water wasn't as deep, it's about waist deep still, but we, our neighbor helped us across our fence and we walked out. So it was, it was a difficult time. I mean, not, not knowing if your other family members are alive. Yes. You know, we knew they were affected by the flood, especially my daughter. And uh, I didn't know if he'd made it to her house, which I later found out he hadn't. He didn't know if, he knew the water was high here, but he didn't know if we were still alive, if we'd made it out. So that not knowing was the hardest part, not knowing that if you had family members that had perished or not. I got to Seco and it was already washed out. I couldn't get in. Then I had to come back, the new road, come back home the way I went, and Thornton Bridge was already blocked. It was up over Thornton Bridge and it was up all, all in the road up towards Conaway. And it was, I sat for 13 hours, wandering, 13 hours on that, on that hill. You sat on that hill? I sat on that hill right there by the church, by the graveyard. I sat on that hill. And when, <clears throat> when it got daylight, I pulled down enough around the curve that I could sit and wash, wash the river. Yes, it was that bad. And you know, back to the question, you said, what did we did? What, what did we do before the flood came, before I, I play music. I play gospel music is what I do. I play bass guitar. And I had my trailer sitting right there, this this utility trailer, slammed full of music stuff that we was going to Leatherwood to do a benefit singing for a family. Well, the flood came and I didn't get to, we didn't get to do it because I lost all my music stuff. Um, all of it is gone. I hate to see it gone, but the most three things that, four things that I lost that meant valuable to me was my dad's guitars that he had. And uh, it was tough, hard. My, my sister's got my guitars over there and I'm not being over to look at them because because I can't, because it, it it reminds me of my dad, and I miss my dad so much. He taught me to play a guitar at an early age, and I was his shadow. Wherever he went, I went. And um, I packed that amplifier for him. Every church, every church I went to, I was the one who packed it. Now I got a friend that's trying to refurbish this amplifier for me because it's it's a 69 model and, and I will never be able to afford 
nothing like that now. And plus the the, the sentimental value of that, it's gone. It's gone. And that's what that's what I did before this flood came. I played, I played music at my church, and I enjoyed uh, fishing. Now I can't do, I can't do it. But I was, I was blessed yesterday. Was it yesterday? Day for yesterday. Day for yesterday. A friend called me about a month ago. Well, I met him at, met her at, at the. Tractor supply, not tractor supply, but Fraser supply. And we was talking about the flood. And uh, she said that she didn't get flooded. And she asked me about us. I said, yes, I lost everything. I lost my home, lost a car, lost all my music equipment, lost my boat. And, um, and we talked a few minutes. I got what I needed to hook up on city water over there and come home a couple hours later. They called me and said, Dino said, we want to do something for you. Said the, said that the good Lord told us to buy you a bass guitar and a help. Said that we know that you love music and that you enjoy any type of music. I said, yes, I do. And they told me, said, this is your budget, $800 to $1,500. Don't get nothing cheap. Go and get what you want. And um, I, I wrestled. You asked my wife, you asked my sister over there. I wrestled with that. Should I do this? And they're telling me, well, you don't want to knock them out of blessing either. So I went, day for yesterday, and picked out one. I went, went and got me a bass guitar and amplifier. So I'm back in business. Uh, Sunday morning at church, I will be playing my guitar. I go to um, United Faith. United Faith, and and they're at Thornton. Uh, neighbors helping neighbors, you know. Used to, it got to the point that you knew you had neighbors. You really didn't associate with them a lot. Uh, you said hi, and that was about it. But now, I mean, the community has really stepped up, and I mean, they've been awesome. Uh, we've really bonded. I guess this has really brought the community closer. Closer. Yeah, that's something, you know, I've... It... We have been here for each other, helping each other. Uh, what can I borrow you wheelbarrow? Have you got an extra shovel? This and that. Come over and help me do this. Come and help me. Yeah, we're just, just helping each other. So. Do you all cook together? No, no. We haven't cooked together because we have a good place down here called Making Fire Department that that means cooking some good meals. So we've been going down there to get and some right good now, meals. Uh, far as we're the only ones in this bottom that is staying 24/7. You know, uh, a lot of people come in and they work on their house and then they leave at the evening time. So we're the only ones here. So, but we cook. We like yeah. to eat. <laughs> we like to eat. It seems like I mean you're fixing up your house. Do you feel like you're going to stay? Oh yes, yes. I, I, I'm not leaving my grandbaby. I got a grandbaby here. I, I, I'll not leave my grandbaby. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have done a thing in that house. I would have left, left this county. I went went to South Carolina. Yes. But we've got a lot of memories here, so we you know it's hard to forget the good memories. Even though we've had the flood, you know that's something we'll always remember, and it always be in the back. Is it going to happen again? But we're willing to take that chance because we want to stay, you know, we want to stay here because Eastern Kentucky is an awesome place to live. I mean, you know, we get some bad reps, you know, sometimes about, you know, but we're technically really good people. We my, will help anybody. We'd my, help a stranger. My sister lived 30, what, 30 years in South Carolina. She left here at an early age and um, when she got out of high school and lived 30 years. Now she's back. And she, she still loves it. She's, yeah, wants to stay here. It's slow down. It's just the, the pace is slower here. So that's what we like about it. And it seems like your neighbors are also feeling the same way. Yes. Up their house. Yes. Yes. Have you, do you know anyone who's just like, I'm out of here? Like, I'm done. Is there anyone that you know? Uh, like no, not really. We had couples say that, but they're, they're, they're building back. 
We got one guy over here named named Scotty Pike. I mean, every flood he gets it. I mean, I would I would have been gone years ago because he lives in the last house over there. Everybody everybody knows Scotty gets flooded. Everybody goes help Scotty. But this time, we all got it. Yes. So you know, I mean, building back your house is expensive, and oh yes. I I'm wondering, you know, if you're willing to talk about just like how you're making it work. To have you applied for FEMA, what's we the have, process been like? We have applied for FEMA. They have gave us some, but not enough. Lost the car, lost the Tahoe. <laughs> but we didn't lose lose no lives, and that's that's a blessing. They were there were a pontoon up on top of that car, and it's off now. They they have come and moved that. You see the car turned over. The, the flood did that. This is all the debris from my house because they're tearing my mom's down. It's it's just bad. You'll be good now. Come on. And because I've been praying, I said, Lord, if it's your will for me to stay here or leave, you will let me know because I've tried to find a trailer or remodel this. We couldn't find a trailer in my budget. I live on disability, I, I, well, I got a bad back. So, I, nothing there they came up. So they come in here, strip this down, and I'm like, man, everything looked good. I just gotta fix the food, some, some floor joists here. So, I it said, looks I'm, pretty bad, but yeah, good. Yes, you know. I took a, like I said, a pressure washer and I, I washed this whole thing down. Then I took vinegar. And they said vinegar would kill mold. So then I got some more stuff to do. Well, so I'm, the floor is kind of, well, you see over here, it's spongy here. Then over here is real bad from the stairway. The stairway is kind of leaned this way. It's bad over there. And we just torn, we just torn my bathroom out, so. And I'm trying to get it to air out so I can so I can finish it. But I left the trusty commode because I can't fit in the bathroom. Is it still usable? Can you still uh, use it? Yes. Oh yes, really? Yes, yes, it's got water. City water and everything and we clean it. This is the kitchen. Um, my sink was over, everything was over there. So now this is my chance to remodel, to put it back the way she wanted it. Not, not the way my mama wanted it. We're taking the wall out now. We're making the open concept now. So well, actually getting it to fix the way I And this was the it. dining room and that was the living room. We had the dining room and living room together. And uh, then I, I built the bedroom on, on myself. I may have to take up the hardwood flooring because I, it's starting to buck a little bit through there. So but as you that, can see now, uh, the houses were built with no insulation. No. This didn't have no insulation in it. Uh, it was only have you seen the, the lattice the and the plaster. Actually, but, I found a newspaper, a 1949 newspaper, a piece of a, a newspaper. It was really, and then an old magazine and some old toys that had been in the ceiling for years. So these houses, <laughs> when they was built, there was no bathrooms in them, and they had just drop cores down here that you could twist for power, and, and just had lights, and that was it. One plug in, I believe, in each room, and see. This, this here used to be a window, and they had added the bathroom, so they so they covered up the window. Now over on over on my mom's house, the bathroom is is it has took up that window, bathroom out, out that way. But they sat on uh, stilts. These houses there was no underpinning. They sat on piers. What there was. Why were they, why were they built? When you said they, you said they're coal houses. Coal camp houses. Yes. These was, uh, to my knowledge, my dad names back in 1908 through 07, these houses was built. 
for the coal companies. For coal companies, yes. Okay. South East Coal Companies. And they right, be, they be work, people be yeah. working in the, in, on the mines here? Yes, yes. yes. They were. You, you worked and they had like what? Uh, script. Script. Money. Yeah. It was script. Uh, but see it now though, I mean. It was. <laughs> the way it was set up is that you come and get a job with them. The way my dad explained it, they pay you in script. Well, that's how you, that's how you paid your rent because it went back to the coal company and the company store that sit out here, the big company store, that's where you traded at. It's just, it just their, their money made a circle. They give it to you, you give it back to them for food and housing, and it just made a circle. Like, what's, we don't no, want to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, I live on a fixed income. Yeah. It's, it's tough with a fixed income. Um, I told, I said, if, if, if it don't come in, then I'll take a little bit of my income and a little bit at a time. I will live in that camper and I will do it, do it a little bit at a time. Which we have uh, put an application in for Red Cross. Uh, they are helping some. Which we've not heard nothing. They're supposed to come out and look at the damage to the house. They, not. They've not came yet. Uh, somebody uh, on uh, Facebook Messenger uh, actually sent us a link to sign up to get free insulation and sheetrock. So we signed up for that last night. So we're waiting to hear back from that. So uh, I think it's from Lowe's and Hazard is doing that. So, so we're hoping to get help. There's help out. They say there's help out there, so we're going to try to get as much help as we can because if we don't get he uh, more help, then it will take us a long time to do this. Yeah. See, right now the price of uh, wood and sheetrock and all that has skyrocketed. It actually has went down some, but it's, it is really costly uh, right now. So a guy told me yesterday that he put he done some work to his house. And he paid a hundred dollars for one four by eight sheet of plywood. It's called Vantech. Um, I believe it's called Vantech. It and it's for good subflooring. Hundred bucks. That's a lot of money, ain't it? <laughs> yes. It will take me months to get back in my house, but for as me getting my everything back to normal, back, it's going to take a year. What What do you think it'll take for you to feel comfortable sleeping in here again? Oh, just get it back to normal. Just get it back to normal. Just get it back to normal. Yeah, be no problem. I mean, if I can sleep over there, I can sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> he can sleep here. But now my daughter, she's got, she is very paranoid uh, of the flood of this area. Now, she sleeps with her shoes right next to her. So if something happens again, she don't have to. She can grab her shoes and go. Today, you heard stories from the flood. From now on, we'll be bringing you occasional interviews with people in our community as they recover from the devastating floods of the summer. You just heard from Dean and Melissa McBee of Millstone, Kentucky. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe to Mountain Talk as a podcast or stream more from the series at WMMT.org. From all of us at Real People Radio, thanks for listening. <laughs>